Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! Podway! So, in this podcast, we always talk about things about musicals, plays, and theaters. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Matilda. All right. I'm excited for this one. So, Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we can just give a brief synopsis, I guess. So the musical is about a young girl named Matilda, and she's about to start school for the very first time. So she's very gifted and is advanced in like both math and English way beyond her level. And in fact, she is so gifted that she gains telekinetic powers. So Matilda has very abusive parents who discourage her from reading and from exercising her brain. But she also has a very kind teacher who tries to guide her along the way. So uh, what's your history with Matilda like? I have an interesting history with Matilda, I think. I have a special feelings toward the sun because I first learned about Matilda when I was visiting London. And while I was there, I learned about how they always have this cheap tickets that they sell in the morning. I'm so, so jealous. I know the story from before, <laughs> but I just want to tell you I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, so when I got there, I got my tickets uh, for Le Mis, of course. Um, but once I get there, I realized that they selling these cheap tickets in the morning. As like as long as you wake up early enough and and go to the lineup, you are you have a good chance of getting these tickets. And I was like, this is perfect because I was traveling on a very low budget. So I decided to go on my way and figure out like what musicals they are available for these sort of promotions, and. What I found was Matilda, because originally I actually wanted to buy a ticket for Lion King, but I watched Lion King like a couple times before. So I was like, maybe not. And I learned about Matilda and I read the reviews online and they're all really good, really amazing reviews. I never heard of it before. I know it's a very famous book, but I just never had the chance to read it. So I know nothing about the story, but the tickets was really cheap. It was like five pounds or something. So I just couldn't say no to that. So I went line up and I watched it. And honestly speaking, it was so impressive. I'm so glad I went. As somebody who knew nothing and had literally zero expectation, Matilda was just like this amazing musical that really took me by surprise. And I I would just I just left the theater with a really happy heart. So that was really a fantastic experience. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so lots of positive things to say about this <laughs> one. I hope you're as excited as I am. Did you pursue anything Matilda related after London? No. Okay. So I didn't read the book and I didn't have the chance to watch the movie. It's a pretty old movie. I don't think I enjoy it to the level that I'll go out my way to pursue like other things that's related. Mm-hmm. But it's just while I was watching it, really had a good time. So highly recommend for anybody who's looking to just purely enjoy like a two hours of good music, good story and great performance. Mm-hmm, for sure. Especially impressive considering they're all kids. They oh, actually yeah. get kids to play kids for once, which is unheard of before, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since last week when we talked about how like they always hire adults to play right? kids for Sweeney. Yeah, exactly. Don't remind me of Sweeney. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> so all right. I had almost the exact opposite experience than oh, you. No. Like, you. Okay, so not in terms of like 
my experience with the musical, obviously, but leading up to the musical. So you came into it completely blind and I came into it knowing it in very intricate details. So I grew up reading Matilda as a kid. I read it several times. It was one of my comfort books. I used to be and I'm still I'm still very into reading and I read constantly. And my favorite genre is fantasy um, and young adult. So this hits exactly where I like, um, and it probably developed my love for fantasy and young adult. So I read Matilda many, many times as a child. I fell in love with the story. It's one of my favorite Roald Dahl uh, stories. I prefer it over Child and Chocolate Factory and all that other stuff, uh, The Big Friendly Giant, all that other uh, books he has. This one is my favorite. I also watched the movie a couple of times. I thought the movies were very well done, and I heard about the musical when it first came out in like was it 2015 or something no it was it was before that so I can't so I heard about the musical shortly after it came out so I was familiar with the entire discography and all the songs way before I watched it I watched it in 2019 in London as well and it was an amazing experience everything about the musical is awe-inspiring when you watch it so in terms of watching the performance I had a similar awe-inspiring understanding as you but leading into it I was very knowledgeable about Matilda so I'd say about opposite experiences all right so with that in mind I guess we can go into the musical proper we start as usual with an overture we just get a scene here like the stage design and hear a little bit of the orchestration and then we jump right into Miracle so we open and it seems like there is some kind of a birthday party where kids sing about their relationship to their parents. And usually the relationship to their parents is very affirming and permissive on the side of the parents. During the song, the parents show up to the party to say how amazing their children are. And then we have like a very distinct cut to Mrs. Warmwood at the doctor's office. And Mrs. Warmwood is Matilda's mother. So she's getting a checkup before boarding an international flight for a ballroom competition, and she finds out she's pregnant. She didn't know this. She was nine months pregnant, and she also gives birth to Matilda. Mr. Wormwood, who is Matilda's father, comes to the hospital looking for his son, and he is disappointed to find out he has a daughter instead. And then we fast forward about five years later uh, to present day, revealing Matilda singing in the same tune as Miracle, about how abusive <laughs> and um, emotionally neglectful her parents are towards her. So what do you think of Miracle? So the music for the song went in about 50 different directions. Yes. <laughs> so again, very, very messy songs, like very different vibes in general. To be honest, this song didn't give me a very great impression. It's not a great opening, oh. in my opinion. I didn't like it. I didn't like the part when the kid sings, like, my mommy says I'm a miracle, whatever. It's like this narcissism, narcissist kids. And it's just so not relatable because in my culture, like, my parents would never say that. It's very natural for them to not downgrade, but, like, not in a way that publicly encourage and be like, oh, my kids is the best. Mm -hmm. Like, my children are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, we don't publicly we don't really openly share that sort of things so uh -huh. it's very hard for me to relate and plus I feel like I have a very low tolerance with kids in general so just watching kids going around be like I'm the best thing that ever happened I'm the best kid in the world just like oh 
it it wasn't a great start for me. And when I was watching this in London, I was thinking like, oh my god, what have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. But obviously, this proven to be taking a completely different turn as we continue the musical. But just for this number, I don't feel too much about this musically. And I know this is very contradictory to my comment earlier, being like, "Oh my god, such an amazing experience!" Just a tad. <laughs> but, but I promise, like things only gotten better from here for me, at least. Okay, that's fair. If you guys are curious, the version we watched is the first U.S. national tour、um, from 2015, which was very mind-boggling to me because all the children had British accents. So I'm not sure if they were putting it on or. If... I'm pretty sure they were trying to. Yeah. To make it sounds British. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, personally, I really enjoy the opening number. I think it's very well done. I think I have discovered that I am a lot more permissive of messy numbers compared to you. You're like numbers are less messy, and this was a very very messy number. Uh, I I enjoyed it because it got a lot of narrations through. I enjoyed the fact that it went in all the different directions. Um, because it gives you moments to latch onto that you would like. And if the moments are short, like if you enjoyed what the doctor sang, for example, you might like it less. If you like the like narration of Miracle, which is going throughout the entirety of the song, you probably would like it more. And I did like the、um, main point of like Miracle. In terms of parents reacting to children that way, it was also a very foreign concept to me. I thought it was very unbelievable. In All of the telekinesis, all the stuff that is happening in the books. I thought this was the most unbelievable thing. But in terms of the music itself and the stage design and just the fact that the kids are amazing doing what they're doing, I I enjoyed it a lot. Um. All right. So from there we go on to my favorite song in the musical, which is Naughty. Um. So Matilda's parents are freaking out because Matilda is reading, which upsets them greatly. Um. <laughs> the parents argue among themselves, and to appease Mrs. Wormwood, Mr. Wormwood says that he will make them rich by scamming some Russian buyers to buy used cars at a luxury price. So Matilda exclaims that that's not right to scam them out, and uh is promptly ignored and blamed for the fight. So. When Mrs. Warmwood storms out, Mr. Warmwood says that Matilda is off to school in a few days, and he warned her principal, Miss Trunchbull. And then he proceeds to try and scare Matilda with stories about the principal, who is very big and very strong and competed at the Olympic. And when he says this, you can hear the riff of quiet playing, which I think is really good foreshadowing. After her dad sends her to her room, Matilda vows to get even by pulling pranks on her parents in the song Naughty. Just because you find that life's not fair, it doesn't mean that you just have to grin and bear it. If you always take it on the chin and wear it, nothing will change. Even if you're little, you can do a lot. You mustn't let a little thing like little stop you. If you sit around and let them get on top, you might as well be saying you think that it's okay, and that's not right. So I mentioned it's my favorite song, and、um, it is very catchy. It's a lot of fun. I think it's like very lighthearted. In the musical, surprisingly, even though it's about children, they have a lot of like very, I don't know, dense and very sad musical numbers. And this one is kind of light and airy, considering what's happened to Matilda just now. So、uh, personally, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I agree with you.、Mm-hmm. Um, this is like I think one of the signature songs, and it's definitely 
very interesting, very fun song to listen to. I just think it's very profound for a kid's song, really.、Mm-hmm. And I also really like the message. So, narratively, it's pretty much telling you to not sitting around and crying about the harsh realities of life and actually try to do something about it.、Mm-hmm. And it's very inspiring. And considering this is a children's musical or like a children's book,、um, for a kid in a situation like Matilda's, but it's also for anybody, really, who wants to take a stand against the. Injustice or like against the mistreatment that they receive.、Um, so I find that part very inspiring. And the performance of the the child, like the girl, is、mm-hmm. just amazing. It's very cute with the with the child's voice singing the the song. I just find it、totally. absolutely very very adorable. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have to agree again. Like all the children, all the performers actually. So, when watching the musical, I had a better time watching the adults, to be honest, than the children, unless all the children were together. But all the children definitely knocked it out of the park. It was amazing. I just wanted to add actually so, whenever Mr. Wormwood、uh, interacts with Matilda, he always calls her boy.、Um, and it's something that I guess will pop up later on as well. And I don't recall any. Kind of like sexism or disappointment with her being a girl ever present, being present in the book at all. And it kind of is disagreeing with me because I think you don't have to shove it in there for no reason. There is plenty of reasons why they don't get along besides the fact that Matilda is a girl. So I didn't like that they inserted it.、Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because, as I mentioned, it's been a bit. Uh, a few years since I've read a book, but from my recollection, this has not been a storyline whatsoever. I don't know if you picked up on that at all. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, to me, because I didn't read the book, so like it's not that weird. I don't really think it's too offensive. I just feel like it's a reason that is apparent and obvious enough for the audience to understand why they don't get along. But The fact that it wasn't present in the book but was present here kind of irked me a little bit because there are plenty of reasons why her parents disliked her. The main reason why they dislike her, or at least harped in the book why they dislike her, is because she's not interested in watching television, she's interested in reading books, she's more of an intellectual, they aren't. So it's more of a personality disagreement. And them inherently disliking her because of her gender seems a little bit iffy for me when there are other reasons. Reasons that I think are more substantial as to why they dislike her. Obviously, none of the reasons are justifiable. They're awful people, but I don't see why they should tack in an, an additional reason. But yeah, I guess if you didn't read the books or maybe if you didn't watch the movie, it's not something you would un- like latch onto, but just something that I thought I might add. All right. So Matilda offers to tell her mother a story, and that really disgusts and offends her mother for some reason. So she sends her to the library so she wouldn't have to be around her. So when Matilda goes to the library, the librarian is really eager to hear some of Matilda's stories. So Matilda begins her story time to the librarian. She tells her of two circus performers, an acrobat and an escapologist, who are famous for both their skills and their love for each other. However, they're really sad because they don't have a child. So, to distract themselves, the couple decide to perform the most dangerous act known to man. And this is when Matilda stops the story and leaves.、Um, and just another thing to mention in this part、um, the librarian constantly says, Oh, you know, your parents must be so proud of you. Your parents must be like loving the fact that you're so intelligent and so like 
forthcoming as a person and Matilda always lies and says yes like they're they're so lucky to have me they always say that they're so happy to have me as their child and she lies every single time the librarian prompts this so then we cut to Matilda's first day at school the first graders are hesitant to come in singing uh, Miracle very very fearfully and at the gates the older children sing the school song which is the name of the this number to warn them of the horrible time they will have at school, and especially of the physical education lesson, which is a class that Miss Trunchbull teaches. This is the point when I started to fall in love with the musical when I was watching it in London. The <laughs> actors' collaboration on stage, like how it was arranged and designed, is just absolutely amazing. It's really visually super impressive. Like they're being very clever yes. in terms of their lyrics, and not just the lyrics, but also how the stage is present. So like when they sing about uh, an alphabet, they push out like an alphabet. What do you call it? Like a cube square mm-hmm. sort of thing and it just really really stunning performance like you have to go on youtube and watch it once for yourself i think if you haven't had the chance i highly recommend it i really think that if you even have the luxury of going to see it in person i also very highly recommend it it's a very engaging and interesting song that i think will be enjoy best if you watch it in yeah. person the stage design is gorgeous for sure and narratively, I can relate to this so much because Asian education also emphasizes on obeying the rule rather than like, you know, curiosity and like asking questions here and there too. So when they sing about like the higher grade students sings about the horrible, horrible school life they're mm-hmm. going to experience, I was like, oh, that is so relatable. It yeah. feels like I'm watching my old life oh back my in Asia. Okay, it, it's not that. <laughs> terrible. It's all, Are you sure you make it sound it's not that, very It's not that terrible, but it's very similar in terms of like I guess the the parts when it emphasize like you have to absolutely obey the rules like every single day and creativity or anything that's like outside the box is not so much encouraged. In terms of the song like itself, musically I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did. Like, I enjoyed it a bit more moderately compared to the previous numbers that I uh, did really, really like. So that's probably why it's not as high up my list. Uh, but it is a very good song. And the main feature of here, as you mentioned, is the stage design. So the, the reason why the stage design is so amazing is because... Um, the incoming first year say that their parents told them they would learn the alphabet and then the cast reprises the song and insert a block of like with a letter with each corresponding lyric and they go from a to z so it's really really impressive to see it and they the dancers dance around the blocks that they insert into the stage so it's very impressive to see and i do enjoy all the musical numbers pretty much where a bunch of like uh, kids sing together and this is one of the musical numbers where it does happen so it is overall very very good yeah i think this will be very difficult and challenging to translate though if you're going to watch like a translated version it's gonna take away the fun but you should check it out because i'm i know this uh has been translated to like many many languages 
So um, this musical is very, very successful. As I'm sure a lot of you probably have heard of it uh, outside this episode. So it's been like performed in the Philippines and Korea and all the, like many other countries. And it won a lot of Tonys and a lot of awards. So I wonder how they would tackle it. It's maybe something we should check out afterwards. Yeah. All right. So Miss Honey, um, the first grade teacher, introduces herself to the class. And she asks the class various assessment questions to start and see where everybody's at. And Matilda blows it out of the park each time. Um, she starts asking more and more complex questions, and Matilda answers them all correctly. So Miss Honey is really amazed by her skill and wants to talk to the principal about it, but she is scared to come into the principal's office. And that happens in the song Pathetic. What do you think of it? Musically, it's okay. <laughs> I don't feel too much about it. In terms of like what happens in a song, I find it very relatable. Yeah. I always think a lot before I message or call somebody. So yeah, whenever I need to approach um, to other people, I think about it a lot. And um, and I think that makes Miss Honey's character very relatable to me. But musically, I it's one of the lesser songs, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So I don't think the song is very good. I enjoy Miss Honey's voice. I think her voice is very amazing. I found Miss Honey very relatable. I also don't like talking to people. I avoid it if I can. And I avoid it even when I shouldn't. But musically, the song isn't very impressive to me. So Miss Honey does finally enter, though, and uh, tries to inform Miss Trunchbull about Matilda. Um, But Miss Trunchbull already is familiar with Matilda since Mr. Wormwood already warned her that Matilda is no good. And um, because of that, she doesn't listen to Miss Honey's explanation that Matilda is actually a genius and should skip to grade six. So Miss Trunchbull is really affronted by the idea that um, a child so small would skip to a grade so high. <laughs> and it's and she says it's against the rules. And also we get the impression that she's generally very disgusted by children. She says the school motto is like children are maggots. So <laughs> her and children don't interact. They don't they don't mix well. Miss Honey tries to like reason that Matilda isn't an exception to the rule and that causes Miss Trunchbull to go into a fit. She doesn't believe in exceptions to rules and that kind of attitude wouldn't have worked when she competed in the Olympics. So she sings about her competing in the Olympics and the importance of rules and the hammer. I can't understand why she thinks rules are so important, though, especially if she was an athlete before. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it, it must be hard for somebody who's been living by the rule to think outside the box. Because as an athlete or like if you want to get a train at like music or sports or anything like that, like there are just a bunch of things that you have to obey. Like you have to go to the gym, you have to train, you have to put in the hours and the efforts. So I understand why she would have that sort of mindset. Obviously it's wrong when you're trying to deploy that in a place like school where you sort of want to encourage all sorts of things going on. But just as a character, I feel like at least at this point, I could understand where she's coming from. Mm -hmm. Musically it's okay, but I think her character definitely makes up for it because yes. she's just so funny and comical. Like it's she's just a very interesting character. I think she always kind of steals the show whenever she shows up. For me, like musically, it's okay. I wouldn't necessarily go back and listen to it um, in a soundtrack, mm-hmm. but it's something that I think I understand and um, and I don't mind listening to when I'm watching the show. Yeah, I have to say that I feel pretty much the same as you. I enjoyed 
her character. I think Miss Trunchable is very entertaining to watch. She also has a pretty decent voice sometimes when she <laughs> sings. And the acting is the most important part for this role. And they do a magnificent job. At the end of the song, though, Miss Honey is like resolved to still help Matilda. So that's that's the important part. From that, we cut to Mr. Wormwood uh, coming back home from work. And we learn that the deal with the Russians fell through. So when he finds Matilda reading instead of watching TV, he gets really angry and he rips her book and kicks her out of the living room. So after picking up the torn pages, Matilda asks if they have super glue, and Mr. Wormwood suggests that she sticks up the pages to her head. Matilda takes revenge by gluing Mr. Wormwood's hat to his head. And that's where um, she reprises Naughty. Um, but I think we can probably edit to the next one. So Matilda makes friends with Lavender, who is her classmate, and another one of her classmates uh, called Nigel uh, has been wrongfully accused of pranking Mrs. Trunchbull. And apparently um, Trunchbull tortures misbehaved children by sending them to um, a shed or some kind of like a cupboard, which is small and pitch dark and full of nails and glass. It's called the Chokey. So the rest of the children talk about this in the choky chant. Yeah, it's a very short song. I it, really yeah. don't Both have much to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it does give an ominous kind of, I don't know, vibe. Like you can get the idea that they're very terrified of the choky. And based on their description, they have a very good reason to be terrified. And again, they all sing together. So it's a, it's a plus in my book. But apart from that, it's not very memorable. And in fact, I've heard versions of the musical where it wasn't present at all. So yeah, I guess it's not a very necessary song. So from there, we go to to Miss Honey visiting Matilda's home. And she finds Mrs. Wormwood practicing for her dance competition with her dance partner. And uh, Miss Honey tries to plead to Matilda's mom that Matilda is special, she's gifted, she deserves some kind of special education. And Mrs. Wormwood is really unimpressed and she believes that girls should be pretty and not smart. And she imparts her life philosophy in the song Loud. So I personally found the song very, very, very entertaining. I think in terms of performances, Mrs. Wormwood was the most comedic and she had very, very good singing chops as well. So I thoroughly enjoyed the song as well as the dance number they had in between. How about you? Uh, Music wise, it's very interesting (laughs) <laughs> to listen to and to watch. Okay. It actually kind of reminds me of Popular from Wicked in terms of the lyrics, too. So mm-hmm. very interesting. And it's very physically demanding, too. Totally. Because there is a lot of dancing involved in, in this song. So very, very fun to watch. Um, In terms of the lyrics or, like, the narrative. So even though, like, the parents are some kind of idiots or, like, not very intellectual, I guess, what they say about in this song, I think, are mostly true actually so, I totally agree <laughs> yeah so it's true that you have to stand out and have your voice heard or you're just going to be fading into the shadows 
like it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go all in for your look only and not having to care anything about your content but going to the extreme of the exact opposite is also dangerous like because you should try to be heard or you're gonna get nowhere in life and i learned that lesson in my work life actually mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if you live in north america i think the culture here is very much emphasized on like how well you can present yourself and we're not just talking about looks here like obviously look is a part of it but it's also like how you talk like the confidence level the self-esteem like how do you present yourself to other people all that contributed to how much other people will pay attention to who you are and whether they are going to care or not so even though i don't necessarily agree like okay you can only choose either look or the brain and you have to just go all in in one of the other. But I do feel like we can all learn a little bit from this song. And um, and yeah, especially if you live in this sort of cultural environment, it's one of the lessons that you have to eventually learn, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, honestly, she's 100% correct almost, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> Um, not only in terms of like workplace, but in, in terms of everything, like politically, you have to be really loud because it's the most fringe voices that get the most attention, the most extremist voices that get the most attention as well, which is very dangerous. And this is not an ideal society to live in, but this is a society we definitely live in and you can see it reflected in every aspect of life. So I did also find it very curious that even though the parents are supposed to be very shallow and kind of like bumbling and a little bit idiotic, uh, this is a very poignant song. Yeah, good piece of advice. Good and piece also, of advice. For I sure. noticed another very interesting contrast. So Matilda later sings a song called Quiet. So yes. we have loud and quiet. And also Matilda starts off her song by singing quite loudly in the beginning of Quiet. And how Mrs. Wormwood starts off this song is by singing quietly in the beginning of loud so I just found that very it's a very interesting and very clever comparison I find yeah that that is interesting I didn't even realize it but it's a good it's a good observation all right so after she fails to appeal to Matilda's mom Miss Honey has an internal argument whether to keep trying to help Matilda or not and she does that in this little girl and I'll just Uh, couple it with the next one so the next one is the second part of the story um and the subtitle for it is the great day arrived so we cut to matilda at the library continuing her story from before as i just mentioned and the day of the dangerous act arrives and the acrobat sister a famous hammer throwing champion i wonder if that's a coincidence or not (laughs) staged everything for the couple's performance So the acrobat sister is very cruel. She doesn't like children. And she is also very jealous of her sister because of the love and success her sister managed to uh, get. So um, before the act can begin, the escapologist cancels because the acrobat is pregnant. And the cancellation really upsets the sister. um, And she reminds the couple of the contract they signed. If they will not go on with the act as planned, she will throw them in jail for violating the contract. Um, So as I mentioned, it's not a song, but we can talk about the song, This Little Girl. So musically, it doesn't do much to me again. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like most of Miss Honey's song doesn't really speak to me. I don't know why. The only song I actually enjoyed from her was like My House, Mm -hmm. but that comes on in Act 2. And in general, I just find the songs in Act 2 a lot more 
interesting to listen to, but that's just my opinion. So、hmm. musically, this song is okay. But、yeah. in terms of the message, this song has a really important message for not just the children, but I think for all people really. And I think this might be one of the more underrated songs of the musical, and I, I have no idea if that's because people also don't find it musically too interesting or what. But I think it's a very nice internal struggle that we're seeing here in Miss Honey because. We will kind of see other people having problems in their life, but if we decide it's either not our problem or that we're not good enough or strong enough, like we don't really have the energy enough to do anything about it, we're just kind of like waiting around for some kind of miracle to happen. Nothing would ever really get done, and I think it's kind of become like a very common thing to do, especially these days, to kind of witness somebody else going through a,、um, a struggle, and then. Thinking that oh maybe I'm not the best person to help, so you just end up doing nothing.、Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand like her character too. Like she's a person who's trying to avoid conflicts at all cost, and you can really feel her struggle between like wanting to help Matilda and also wanting to avoid conflicts. She definitely sees some of herself in Matilda, I think, and in some way maybe she doesn't want her to have a Tough childhood, like she had before. But as someone who also likes to avoid conflicts all the time, <clears throat> me, I feel her pain of having a door closed in her face and like not being brave enough to do something about it. So I think it makes you appreciate those not just teachers but those people who impacted you positively and who was good enough, brave enough to lend that helping hand to trying to. Make a change or make a difference in your life by saying like, "Hey, I'm here. I'm able to help." It's a very brave thing to do, and I think it's especially difficult for somebody who has a character or personality like Miss Honey's. So I really learn or grow to like her personality from this song on.、Um, and before this song, I was always kind of thinking that, "Oh, she's just like you know, not much. She's just kind of there. She's like the nice person." But、um, starting from this song, like. You really get to see more of her internal struggle, and I really appreciate that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with everything,、uh, including the fact that I don't think the song is all that impressive, and I also generally didn't enjoy any of Miss Honey's song,、yeah. uh, which is a bit of a shame because she is my favorite character here. Another thing I wanted to add to your analysis of the song is. Um, I think it's really important to mention the fact that Miss Jenny obviously has very, very low self-esteem, and probably because as a result of her growing up with a very abusive environment and her、um, caretaker constantly calling her pathetic, and in her helplessness in、um, helping Matilda, she says like instead she found me pathetic little me, and that just is heartbreaking to hear because you can see the lack of self-esteem and you can see the Fact that she really, really wants to help but cannot, and it's because she doesn't believe in herself as well.、Um, and I think that's something that is really important to characterize、um, Jenny or Miss Honey. So we get to a really, really fun song from here, which is good <laughs> because it's needed. Miss Honey decides to give Matilda advanced material during her lessons and、um, to kind of like bridge. Her helplessness to do something, even though she can't do much, and Matilda is really, really happy by this, and she hugs her. So Miss Trunchbull barges into the classroom to find Matilda, and she accuses her of stealing a slice of her chocolate cake. 
So we find out through an internal monologue that Bruce, one of her classmates, is the one who actually stole the, the slice of the cake. And by burping, he accidentally reveals that he <laughs> is the one who stole it to the entirety of the classroom and Miss Trunchbull as well. So as punishment, Miss Trunchbull makes him eat an entire huge, ginormous chocolate cake. And the kids cheer him on as he manages to finish the entire cake against all odds. Like, I always enjoy watching this because it's just magical and very interesting to watch like, how the cake disappear on the stage. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, like, the choreography and the dancing in this song is absolutely amazing. So great. I'll never be over the choreography for this number. It's just so creative and energetic with these strange movements. And there is no shortage of things going on. Oh, well, they're seeing a very fast-paced song um, jam-packed with wordplay. So yes. really, the children actors were like just amazing in this number. And this is also the last song for Act 1, so mm-hmm. it closes off very strong. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. What about you? I really enjoyed this one. It's just a joy to see. As you mentioned, it's it's very lighthearted. It's not too big of a damper in terms of like what's happening. When you imagine a child eating a ginormous chocolate cake, it's a bit difficult to imagine it as a severe punishment. And I think that helps with the lighthearted tone of it, despite the fact that he's being force fed. And the wordplay in here is something that I always really enjoyed. Uh, I, I have been a pretty big Doctor Who fan when I was listening to this musical for the first time. And I really appreciated the TARDIS reference and also the fact that it's a very high energy number. The children synchronizing the dancing and the cake disappearing and the chocolates being smeared all over Bruce's face. All of that culminates to a very nice, happy, campy moment. And overall, it's a really good and strong ending to Act 1. All right. So Act 2 opens kind of in a non-traditional way. So it's not technically (laughs) the first song of the act, but it technically is. So um, we begin the act with uh, Mr. Wormwood warning kids from the dangers of reading. Instead, he implores them to watch televisions in the song Telly. Why would we waste our energy trying to work out Alice's When we can see it happily on our lovely families Watching slightly famous people talking to really famous people All I know I learned from telly The bigger the telly, the smarter man You can tell from my big telly just what a clever fella I am I think the song is a lot of fun It's a nonsense moment, it's not really plot related But as I mentioned, like I really like Doctor Who, especially when I watch this. And I always imagined Mr. Wormwood being played by De- David Tennant for absolutely no reason, um, just by going <laughs> by the sound of his voice in the, in the voice recording. And yeah, it was a bit disappointing that David Tennant did not play him when I saw him in the, the play in London. So um, yeah, what do you think of it? It's very funny. It's a very, very funny number, especially whenever like Michael... Matilda's brother who practically does nothing in this entire musical he's just sitting there on a sofa 
he just shouts Telly in the middle of the of the chorus. It was just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> the the time when I watched this in London, you can definitely hear people laughing whenever like Michael just shouts Telly from the background. And it's that sort of atmosphere that I think makes me like the song not a lot, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Also, um, I think it's really clever that they included a lot of book references that are very accessible to the public oh, and yeah. pretty much everybody knows of. Like everybody knows of like William Shakespeare, everybody knows of Harry Potter, Mary Shelley, all that kind of stuff. So they include very mainstream authors that I think the kids could recognize the kids going to see the show and they would be like oh my god I'm like Matilda because I know these authors and I think it will be a really positive um thing for the kids to hear so I did enjoy that as well all right so from there we go into act two proper we have the entract with the orchestration and then we go into the first technical number so um Lavender enters the stage and tells the audience that she Uh, is going to pull a prank on Miss Trunchbull by putting a newt in her water jug. And then the stage opens to the rest of the children singing about their life as grown-ups, or at least their life as they imagine uh, it would be like. And towards the middle end of the song, Miss Honey and Matilda also enter and sing When I Grow Up and Naughty, respectively. So this is my favorite song. Yes. It gives me really strong feelings to tour this one because it's a very nice song to begin with. Musically, I think it's beautiful. And message-wise, it like strikes you to the heart. At least it did for me. The kids here have been that growing up is a great adventure and they'll be ready for everything that waits for them. And you see or hear Miss Honey comes in, like you said, and you realize that there is no such thing as being ready to grow up. And things don't get easier. You don't get stronger. You don't get necessarily get smarter or braver. And in a way, you're never ready. So that comparison between like real life struggle as an adult versus like their imagination is just, oh my God, makes me want to be a kid again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yet everybody has to grow up at some point, right? And I also enjoy how they make that comparison Um, at the end of the song by having Matilda and Miss Honey together. Mm-hmm. So Miss Honey, apparently she's still trapped in the past. She's still the little girl who was hurt and who was lonely as a child, but she isn't really taking an active part in moving on or like fixing that issue. And then we see or hear how Matilda is ready and actively trying to change that. So I really love the song. Like it's, tells you so much about life in general mm-hmm. and it's all compact in this one short sweet very emotional song and I just really enjoy it both musically and narratively but Aww. what about you? <laughs> I can totally totally relate to that because it is one of the best numbers in the entire musical I think it's probably the second my second favorite after Naughty um, and Naughty does make an appearance here so even better 
And it just personally, even though obviously there is a lot of narrative meaning to it, which you kindly told us about, I really enjoy the kids themselves. They're so adorable to see. Um, they have like little, uh, what are these called? Like the little Swing. like yes swings and they literally take turns to like swing from uh from them and they push each other and they have really cute companionship and i think that's yeah. really adorable and i also like the little bit of the downer that miss honey um gives to the song and how it is contrasted with matilda it's kind of like oh you know look at all these nice things happening with the kids and kind of eases us to the real plot of it, which is Miss Honey and Matilda. And that's kind of like, for everybody who goes to watch it, it's like, oh, it's a kid-friendly show. It's something like The Lion King. We can watch it the entire family. And then it also teaches you along these like really heavy topics along the way. So I think it's a really nice allegory to the entirety of the musical. From that, we go to the third part of the story. So um, this one is called The Trick Started Well. So Matilda enters the library and continues, and the circus couple decides to perform the act, uh, but the acrobat had an accident. So she broke every single bone in her body and survived long enough to give birth to their child, after which she died. So after her death, the escapologist asked the sister to move in with him and the daughter, and the sister was physically and emotionally abusive to the daughter. And during this act, there was like this kind of shadow projection, which I thought was really impressive to see. But I guess we can continue it with the next few ones because there's not much singing going on here. Yeah. So from there, we have like we cut to um, Matilda's home. So we hear Mr. Wormwood reprising Telly um, with the lyrics, I'm so clever. So we find out he managed to make a sale to the Russians after all. So when Matilda once again says that it's not fair and he shouldn't do that, and Mr. Wormwood prevents her from going to the library ever again as punishment. As a result of that, Matilda in her room continues the story to herself. So the sister blew up on the escapologist's daughter. She beats her up and throws her in a cellar. And that's when the escapologist found her. And he vows to be with his daughter forever. So... When the daughter goes to sleep, the escapologist goes to deal with the sister, but he's actually never seen again. And it's implied that he's been murdered. So what do you think of I'm So Clever and I'm Here? Um, I really have nothing to say about I'm So Clever because it's so <laughs> <Surprise>. short. <laughs> and it's not that different from Telly. It's too, the same. So that's it. And then after that, it, it breaks my heart when she imagined a father who will come to save her in her story. And I think this song actually worked really well for Cosette and Lemis as well. <laughs> that was actually what I was thinking when I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, it would make so much sense if they sing this in Lemis as well. So, yeah. But other than that, I don't really have too much to say. Mm -hmm. I enjoy I'm here musically a lot. I think it's a really sweet moment between a father and a child after something that is so heartbreaking and so harsh. Um, so the comforting, the mutual comforting that uh, occurs there where the dad tries to comfort the daughter and the daughter comforts the dad. I thought it was heartbreaking and incredibly cute at the same time. Um, so I really enjoyed this moment. And also, I'm really glad to finally have a payoff to the story. So in terms of what you said with Matilda imagining a father who actually cares about a daughter, I had the same feelings. At the beginning, I felt really, really sad for her. Mm -hmm. And then 
later on it's going to be revealed that she kind of like saw this somehow it's miss honey uh who is the daughter and the trunchable who is the sister or the aunt in this case so it's not something that she actually imagined it's something that happened in real life so that kind of like that didn't happen in the book spoilers so um that kind of like took a little bit from the story and from how it connects to matilda and that's something i'll talk about in my summary later on with the comparison with the book but uh yeah that that is a little bit of a beef I have with it. <laughs> but musically I really, really enjoyed the song and I'm glad they finally had some musical payoff to the story after not having anything for three different stories parts. That's true. That's true. Um all right. So from here we go to another really, really fun song, and I think it's like one of the bigger acts. So we cut to Miss Honey giving Matilda library books in secret. Um, but she's interrupted by Miss Trunchbull, who takes the books away from her. So Miss Trunchbull believes that Miss Honey doesn't discipline the children enough and decides to do it herself in a physical education lesson, which we've heard about before, is something that is apparently really, really bad. So Lavender, who, um, as we said, is Matilda's classmate and friend, goes to execute her prank, and she comes back at the end of the song. So what do you think of the song The Smell of Rebellion? Well, I'm very impressed because that there's a lot of ways to say stink in this <laughs> song. Yes. She's being very creative and apparently very highly educated. The version I saw of this song was hilarious because <laughs> when um, Trenchball says, dream of a world without children, like the actor goes like, just dream. And she literally just, or he, literally just green on the stage. And <laughs> it was just so funny. And I can understand some people might not like kids at all. And that's fine. I understand. I can relate somehow. But just if you don't like children, maybe don't go into the business or like don't go into education where you need to be in that sort of environment like 24-7, mm-hmm. right? I, I understand like what it feels like. Or like everybody else seems to love something. So like for me, it's the dog. Every friend I have, like, always go, like, aw, whenever they see a dog on the street. And I just don't feel that strongly towards dogs. And if I don't show that I also like dogs, my friends, not saying you do, Becky, but, like... I'm trying to recall every single interactions we had around a dog now. I was like, did I say <laughs> you're heartless? Did I? <laughs> I don't think they call me heartless just like that, but, but, but yeah. Did I Very interesting. heartless? I feel judged. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so I understand it. But maybe just don't put yourself into that sort of situation in the first place. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I think people universally see kids as pretty cute, but it's another thing to see them or to interact with them for five minutes oh, yeah. versus to teach them or to have them yourself where you have to interact with them almost 24-7. Um, in terms of the song, it's a very fun song. Like um, before the song begins in earnest, she kind of like, goes and does like a physical education routine like exercise and she leads the class and it's a lot of fun to watch and then she goes and does like acrobatics almost later on as the song progresses and I was like wow that's really impressive you have to do this with the entire costume and I'm assuming he has a lot of like fake I don't know fillings that go to make him to to make the actor have like a feminine figure, and he still manages to execute the acrobatics. And I was really impressed to see that. 
In terms of the song, it's just really, really fun to listen to. And the actor who plays Miss Trenchbull absolutely steals the show every single time um, he's on stage. And the song also varies. So it has like a really, I guess, predictable progression. And then it kind of like goes out of order when she says dream, um, which you mentioned before. So in some productions, they scream it. I guess in your production, they scream it. In some productions, she just like sings wistfully at the dream so uh actor has a lot of room to go whichever direction they want to with us uh and it's just really really fun to see how buck wild her imagination is but yeah very fun song so lavender comes back um as i mentioned with the prank so the prank is to put a newt in miss Miss trunchbull's water but she didn't see who exactly did it so she blames another classmate of uh, Matilda and Lavender's. And as punishment, she tries to stretch out his ears. And Matilda stands up to Miss Trunchbull and calls her a bully. So Miss Trunchbull starts to like scream at her from the top of her lungs and starts to like n- call her names and all that kind of stuff. And Matilda dissociates while um, that happens uh, in the song Quiet. Quiet. Like silence, but not really silence. Just that nice kind of quiet. Like the sound when you lie upside down in your bed. Just the sound of your heart in your head. It's my second favorite song, mm-hmm. actually, and um, it's a very interesting song because not in the fun way, but yeah. it's a very special occasion when they have a song like this in a children's musical. So the song is about dissociation and the effects of trauma. And in this song, Matilda is isolating herself because everything else is just too overwhelming for her. And I find it very interesting that Matilda's motivation, up until this point at least, in this musical is anger. In a good way, maybe not in a bad way. And she's righteously furious, right? And which is very interesting, very special for not only a female character, but also for a character that's so young and so abused. Um, And I know like this song isn't all about that, but the line where it says like the noise becomes anger and the anger is light seems to kind of reflect it. Like, it's suggesting her powers comes from the anger that she internalized. Mm-hmm. And in the book, I think, I read this online, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> um, she loses that power when she's not abused anymore. And, I mean, obviously in the musical, too. Because she's not... Sorry? That wasn't the reasoning, but... Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, in the musical, like, at least in the end, she loses the power. And mm-hmm. I personally understand it as because she's not angry anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, in the end, she makes peace with her family. She makes peace with her life. Mm-hmm. And she's off to a good start. So mm-hmm. that's why she loses that power. Mm-hmm. But if you pay attention to the very first instrumentals in this song, then you realize that they will play every time something bad happens to Matilda, like you mentioned before. And until the song actually kicks in, like she always controlled herself 
until it kind of builds up and then she feels like she cannot handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's a very clever way of designing and showing the the audience like the internal challenge that Matilda is going through. And what I said about like her motivation being anger, I think we often associate anger with like a negative or an unacceptable emotion, especially when it comes from women or girls who are supposed to be like quote unquote sweet, you know, or like caring or something like that. But in many situations, like the one Matilda finds herself in, I think it's a very justified anger that she's feeling and it can really feel some active change in her life. So I like what they do with Matilda's character, obviously, and like how they really bring the story to the next level. So in that regard, really appreciate the song. And obviously, musically, it's just nice to listen to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have conflicting opinions on it. So obviously, this is one of Matilda's bigger numbers. It has a lot of importance in the musical, um, because it's also when she gets her telekinetic powers. But I can't say I enjoyed listening to it. I appreciate it, but I didn't enjoy it. A, because of the reason why she sings it, which is horrifying. Um, and B, because she seems distressed in the song. Like, she seems like she's in actual emotional distress. And this is the reason for her singing. And that's very difficult for me as an adult, seeing a child sing something like this. And I think it's really impressive for the child who performs this to be able to pull it off. In terms of the narrative... It's just like the telekinetic moment, so it's a really important moment. It's a good song as well, musically. I can't say it's just one of my favorites, even though it's really important, just because it's mirrored by the context for me. All right, so we're going to the one Miss Honey song you can appreciate, I guess. So um, Miss Honey asks everyone to leave before Miss Trenchbow comes back, and Matilda doesn't leave um, and asks Miss Honey Honey to um, see her perform the telekinesis again. So in response to that, Miss Honey decides to take Matilda to her house, and she says that the reason why she has these kind of powers is because it has something to do with Matilda being so smart but so unfulfilled. So um, Matilda opens up to Miss Honey about being abused by her parents. If you guys remember, we talked about like how Matilda constantly lied to the librarian and says, oh, you know, um, my parents feel so lucky. My parents always tell me that they're lucky to have me. And she starts doing that to Miss Honey as well. But she reveals that she lied and that's not actually the case. So in return, Miss Honey also opens up when Matilda asks her why she's poor. Or if she's poor, imagine. Why are you poor, Miss Honey? <laughs> it kind of gives me Mean Girls vibe. Like, oh, if you're from Africa, why are you white? So Miss Honey used to live with her aunt, but moved to a shed as soon as she could because her aunt abused her. So the reason why she was with her aunt in the first place is she transferred custody after her father's died. So when Miss Honey got her job as a teacher, when she became an adult, her aunt gave her like a bill and asks her to pay for taking care of her while she was growing up. And we also learned that her aunt says that her father killed himself and left the house to her. So Miss Honey couldn't even leave in the house um, unless like, she stayed there with her aunt. So that's when she sings My House, because despite this 
horrible thing that happened, she's still glad to live where she does. Okay, so when I say that musically, this is one of the better songs for Miss Honey's that I enjoy. I don't mean that I love it. Okay. I just say that I don't hate it as, or not hate, but like I just don't dislike it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so song itself is okay, and I love this song in the way that because I always tearing up whenever the dad shows up oh, and that he joins in. Mm-hmm. Like personally, I'm not very close to my dad, so I guess like it speaks to me whenever like her dad comes in. Trying to comfort her, and they're having like a sweet father-daughter moment. That's the that's the part that really got me. And I also like how the song makes you really think about who you are. Miss Honey, like you said, like she doesn't have much. She's very poor, but everything that she has is able to function in a way that she's grateful for. Like she's happy, even though that she doesn't live like I'm sure many of us live like in how she never grew up. The way that we grew up, but everything she has in life right now, as of the moment, makes her happy in a way that makes her stand out. And she just doesn't take things for granted. She's satisfied、um, and happy about where she is, no matter who she is or where she is. So that part I appreciate. But at the same time, with her childhood being so rough and like her living conditions so challenging, there is another side to it too because. For the audience, and I'm speaking for myself, obviously, she does deserve more, and she's being treated very unfairly. And well, I appreciate the fact that she is trying to make peace with herself about that by saying that I'm grateful for the things I already have. It seems to me that she's trying to convince herself that everything is okay, and even though that she thinks. Her her dad might have been murdered, and、um, everything else like her old house, her childhood, her family, like anything else has been taken away from her. She tries to tell herself that she should just be happy to have a roof over her head, or like she should just be satisfied with what she currently owns. And by the end of the musical, she finally learns to stand up for herself and demand what is hers. So I'm a little bit conflicted because. In a way, I appreciate how she's just grateful about things that she has in life. But at the same time, I think it's very important to also recognize, like, when you're being treated in a way that's unfair and that you deserve better. Um, I mean, again, I, despite Miss Honey being my favorite character, I don't like any of her song. And this is, I guess, one of the most more passable songs that she has. But Until the escapologist comes in and sings with、um, Miss Honey, I don't really feel much of anything except for feeling really sorry for her. I appreciate her musical chops and the fact that she is still defiant in her own way, in a way that is very quiet, <laughs>、um, which I guess is one of the themes in this musical. So、um, in her interactions with Matilda, she says, "Oh, I'm not strong like you." Um, I decide to run away, or I decide not to confront it. So she does the most she can given her situation and her personality. So she doesn't go outside of her comfort zone, and that's to her detriment, I guess. But to be honest, I don't see like what else she could have done if Matilda weren't there, because、yeah. she has legally blind, like binding prerequisites to in her situation and on. 
her salary, unfortunately, it's unlikely that she would have been able to escape until her aunt died. So if she didn't have some kind of a miracle happening to her in the form of Matilda, she probably would have been stuck in the same situation. And honestly, she's doing the best she can, given what she has. So I don't know how much of a fight she could have pulled, um, which is a real downer, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, thank goodness Matilda was there. So from there, we go on to like kind of tying the musical all together. So um, there is this number called Chalk Writing. I'm going to pair it here with Revolting Children because Chalk Writing isn't really a song. So um, Matilda figures out that the people in her story, the story she's been telling to the librarian, are actually Miss Honey's parents and her entire family. So um, she actually sees her entire life unfold. She also figured out that the aunt is Miss Trunchbull and um, that she actually did murder Miss Honey's father. Then we cut to like back to the school. Miss Trunchbull is conducting a spelling test and anyone who doesn't get every single answer right would go to the chokey. So Lavender gets one of the answers wrong and all the kids in the class start spelling words wrong on purpose. And the reason why they do that is because they reason that Miss Trunchbull can't send all of them to the chokey at once because it's a very small cupboard. So Miss Trunchbull kind of reveals that she actually can send them all to the chokey. She built many different chokeys, so they can all go together. But before she can send them all there, the chalk starts levitating. So Matilda kind of impersonates Miss Honey's father in a form of a ghost. And in the writing on the on the um, blackboard, she reveals that Miss Trunchbull murders him. And because of that, Miss Trunchbull flees. So after she runs away, the kid starts singing the uh, revolting children's song. I like because it has a very nice rocking KTV vibe to it. And I absolutely adore that. It has an energy that makes you feel really happy. And this song is honestly better to listen to it live, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Not that they don't sound amazing in the recording, but it just doesn't have as much as the push here. And oh my God. So I recently watched Harry Potter, right? I've been mentioning every single episode, but <laughs> I really feel like this is the perfect song to sing in Harry Potter in the um, Order of the Phoenix. I know yeah. you don't watch that anymore, but like when they defeated... Uh, I, I watched her name until the Order of the Phoenix. Because, and oh, then okay, perfect. I was really disgusted by how they showed the Order of yeah. the Phoenix. That's when I stopped, actually. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I think it's a perfect song to sing that movie when they defeated um, Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, yeah it would be so fitting to sing it here yeah it's a um, very interesting song to listen to indeed <laughs> I say that a lot because sometimes like I find myself not being able to listen to the songs just by itself without context mm -hmm. and very few musical songs would allow me to go back to listen to just the song and without mm -hmm. having to you know watch the performance visually or like kind of enjoy the story from the beginning to the end so I am 
have a weird standard in terms of the songs. There's very few songs in this musical too that I would like go back to listen to just by itself, purely by itself, and not having to watch anything else. Um, and this is not one of the songs. Really? So I enjoy watching the performance, but I wouldn't necessarily listen to it just by itself. But it has a very wonderful message that children also deserve a voice,、mm-hmm. their rights, and respect. For me, it's just not something—a very common element that I have been singing, at least in the Asian part of the the literature.、Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that sort of message, and I think the song itself is a very nice song. It's very energetic, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, very very fun. I totally agree with you. Uh, it does. Seem very different from my method. So,、um, as I mentioned many, many times, my method is usually to listen to the songs first without any context, and then、um, watch it. Usually,、um, so usually I am very familiar with the song by the time I watch the actual musical.、Uh, so it's really interesting when you said that you almost never do that. It's a really, really, really fun song because all the kids have such high energy, and the reason why it's better to see it live, in my opinion, is not only because of the high energy of the kids, but the high exhilarating energy of the audience. Usually, or at least when I watched in London,、um, all the children were super into it, and the adults like clapped with them. And some of the kids in the audience also seemed like really, really excited by it, and they were like going in their chair and they're like standing up a little bit. So it was really, really cute to see. Um, so I think like this is one of the standout numbers in the entire musical too,、mm-hmm. and coincidentally, it's a number where all the the kids sing together, as those are, as I mentioned, the best numbers, the best numbers in here. I also really enjoy the wordplay with like we are revolting children living in revolting time. Like it kind of gives you the idea of like revolting as in like standing up for yourself or like. Um, that kind of line, but also revolting is something disgusting. Like, oh, revolting, disgusting times. So I did enjoy the wordplay there a little bit. I'm not sure if it was intentional. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. And yeah, just just high energy, very fun song for me. But not too much to say about it narratively because she's already been defeated. Like this is just like, oh, you know, she managed to be defeated somehow, and I'm just gonna celebrate. You know.、Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So. After this, the librarian finishes the story. The aunt flees, and the aunt is Miss Trunchbull, and the daughter, who is Miss Honey, finds a letter from a lawyer with her parents' will. So、um, we find out that Miss Honey received the house and became the headmistress of the school. I just wanted actually to say before continuing with the narrative, Revolting Children was like the last big number of the musical, and then they're going to have a bunch of reprises here that just like carries out the plot. And don't have much to do with the singing, so I'll just wrap up the story here. So we cut to Matilda's family. The family needs to flee the country because Mr. Warmwood accidentally scammed what happened to be the Russian mafia. So Miss Honey, who was with Matilda at the time, asks to take Matilda in. And before going, Mr. Warmwood asks if she, if Matilda wants to stay with Miss Honey. Matilda says she does, and Mr. Warmwood allows it. And then they depart pretty amicably. So as I mentioned, Mr. Warmwood keeps calling her a boy throughout the entire musical. And after Matilda saves him, he starts calling her daughter and girl. So he is kind of like writing the wrong a little bit.、Um, so. This is pretty much how the story ends. So after this happens, Matilda lives with、uh, Miss Honey, and the cast reprises "When I Go Grow Up" and "Naughty." So this is the end. What are your final thoughts, Claire? 
Okay. It has good songs. It has the magical element and a happy ending, which all kind of adds up to what I call like a fairy tale cocktail because it just has every component that a good children's story needs.、Mm-hmm. But I extra appreciated. Because it also touches upon some of the more important message, like the message that you can control your own story and rebellion and protest can defeat the bullies, is deeply embodying this musical. And after all, it's a tale of empowerment, as told from the perspective of the most powerless group of all, like children. And、um, aside from talking about Matilda's feelings of rejection and loneliness from the children's perspective, the musical itself also includes the adults' transformation by talking about like Miss Honey's terrible childhood and then her ultimate character development. And it's very rare yet so interesting to see not one but two female characters to convey just so much emotion, so much anger, frustration. Isolation and then ultimately self empowerment, especially in a children's musical. So I think it's great.、Mm-hmm. And what's more impressive is that I like how well it t- kind of touch upon all these messages. It also did a really amazing job of balancing it with like the more comical and funny aspect of the story、mm-hmm. by having you know very funny smaller roles like the.、Um, What's his name? The Rudolfo, like、oh, yeah, the dancing the... partner of Mrs. Wormwood. Yeah, he's so funny. Is the surprisingly friendly leader of the Russian mafia, and Matilda's brother Michael, who literally just sit on the sofa all the time. So we have all these smaller supporting roles that adds in that kind of funny perspective, or like the more comical element of the show, so it's not entirely super heavy. Instead, you have this lighthearted, this feel-good, energetic, very interesting play, and it also allows you to think. So I think that's great.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have to say my feelings are pretty similar to yours. Narratively, of course, they have a lot of important notes. I really enjoyed the、uh, found family aspect. So I've never seen it since, pretty much, a story where the biological family was abusive towards the child and the the true biological, not just like an evil stepmom or anything like that. And the child in the end goes to live with a person who is not related to them, and they live as a family. And I think that's really ingenious because they make each other better people. Um, so I find it very unusual that that happens. I also really enjoyed and related to Matilda growing up、um, because I also really really liked reading. I was like in a gifted class. Obviously, I was a dumb child and I wasn't very similar to Matilda at all. But the fact that it was a girl who really really liked to read was something that I enjoyed immensely and related to a lot. I did find that the musical narratively dropped the ball quite a few times in comparison to the books. So the entire storyline with the escapologist and the acrobat and Matilda kind of like seeing the life of Miss Honey wasn't a thing in the book. So it kind of like gave Matilda an additional power here that she didn't have, and it goes a little bit less well with the overall exp- explanation of Matilda having the telekinetic energy because she was so smart and had so much. Uh, energy potential that wasn't actualized.、Um, I could see maybe how that could be an explanation for telekinesis, but I don't really see how that could be an explanation for deviation or something along those、mm-hmm. lines. So I didn't enjoy that all that much. And something that really bothered me narratively is 
the story is called Matilda, but Matilda, as we see her in a musical, has very little personality traits besides righteous anger. And she is a much more complex character in the book because we see everything happening from her point of view. In here, she seems like a very utilitarian character for me. Um, she seems like she just has character beats that she needs to hammer. Oh, she needs to develop telekinesis here. She needs to uh, pull a prank here. She needs to say that's not right here. Um, and she needs to do that in order for the plot to progress. And the characters and their personality traits seems to be a lot more um, focused on Miss Honey, let's say, or um, even her classmates, rather than Matilda. We don't know much about her personality at all. And that bothered me a little bit. But the musical more than makes up for it with the songs. The majority of the songs are absolutely amazing and they're very catchy and they're very uplifting. The stage design is gorgeous. You get a lot of really fun characters to see and they're a lot more fun in their like than their books because you get to see them acted in real life and you get to see them in all their lunacy and, and glory and it's really, really entertaining. So overall, I would highly recommend for you to see it in person. But I would recommend, if you can, to also read the book first. So yeah, before we give our final ranking, which we forgot to do for six, we're sorry. I don't know if you yeah. want to, to uh, give it here or if we should just leave it alone. But I have a little quiz for you, Claire. Do you want to read out the title? Yeah, so it's called Which Character from Matilda Are You? And it's from BuzzFeed. Yes. Um, did you take the time to do it while I was talking or no? Yeah, I totally did. <laughs> All right. So lead us away. So I got Miss Honey. Same. <laughs> and it reads, okay, I guess I can just read it for the both of us. Yes. So it says, wow, you're Miss Honey. Kind-hearted, resourceful, and encouraging. Your class adores and respects you. You don't have much money. <laughs> so true. <laughs> And that doesn't stop you from being a content human being that enjoys life. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Do you want to give a final rate? Should we also do it for six, too, since we forgot last time? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it for six as well. So should we do two separate drum rolls or just let's let's break let's it down? Let's just do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's just do it one once. All right. Okay. So for six, I will give it. Is it really funny if I give it also six? <laughs> no, no, I think, I guess it's fitting. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's about six or maybe 6.5, I'll give. All right. For six, I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, um, that's I'm going to give it okay. eight ex-wives. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, I'm going to give it 6.5 heads. <laughs> nice. Um, and for Matilda, I'm going to give it a 7.5 newts. Okay. I'll give it an eight chocolate cakes. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's everything for Matilda. Yes, that is all. If you guys want to talk to us about this episode, any other episode we covered before, or want to give us recommendations, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit under Podway Podcast. Or you can also email us on podwaypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye.